Welcome to episode number 31, where today we're reading chapter 18. Short chapter again this week. No real stories, but we'll see how we go. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crushing Any Potential podcast, where I give you the latest tips and tricks to help you stay on top of your mental game. My name is Scott B. Harris, and I'm the author of the book, Crushing Any Potential, Living With My Injured Brain. It's a memoir that was written and published after a dirt bike accident that nearly took my life. In season two of this podcast, I will be reading part two of my book. Part two outlines how I chose to overcome the adversity that I faced. Strap yourself in because the show is about to start. having a good day. Hope you're having a good afternoon if it's the afternoon where you live. Uh, good evening if it's the evening where you live. Um, wherever it is, my time isn't your time because your time is your own time. But I'm glad that you've made the time to share with mine. Uh, if that doesn't make sense, do not worry. I don't even get it either. Just keep on smiling. Keep on going about your day. And keep that grin on your face. Why smile, you say? Well, why not, I say? Why wouldn't you smile? If, even if you've got, even if, even if you don't have much to smile about, I'm sure that there is some things, if you're breathing, if you're breathing, you're still walking around this earth, there is something to smile about. Um, And, and everything, anything. And I can tell you this from, I'll tell you this from, um, I'll tell you this from, uh, from, from personal experience, that's the word I'm looking for, from personal experience, it gets better, it does get better, you just got to keep on keeping on, <sighs> anyway, I presented, uh, presented at Lilydale Heights College on Tuesday this week, this week is not your week, my week is my week, your week is your week. Anyway, presented uh, presented to Lilydale Heights. I uh, did six hours of presenting that day. Six hours. Obviously, there was breaks in between all through the day. But come three o'clock, and I was absolutely cooked. Absolutely cooked. So, uh, for me, when I'm presenting, uh, I'm presenting all day. It's an absolute must that I get my sleep. I eat well. I uh, meditate in preparation, uh, in preparation, and uh, then when I'm presenting, uh, I, I must take breaks, take breaks all through the day, uh, that's an absolute must, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's presenting all day, whether it's playing sport all day, whether it's going to school, going to work, going to the, going to grandma's all day, actually I don't think you need to go to your grandma's all day, you can probably sleep there if you need to, but Whatever you're doing all day, preparation is the golden ticket. Even with um, even even with good preparation, though the wheels started to fall off by the end of the day. 
Uh, they started to, I started to slur my words, fumble my words, forget my words. I started to mix and match words, and I really, um, I, I really just started to, I started to lose it. But as they say, it's all in a day's work, right? It is all in a day's work. Uh, presented again yesterday, sharing my story and talking about road safety education with the rider team. Rider, that is R-Y-D-A. Uh, for Roger, Y for yellow, D for dog, A for apple. Team. Yeah, so rider, rider is uh, is driver education. And they approached me to ask them, uh, to, ask them to present for them um, in this program and I snapped at the opportunity because I absolutely believe in everything that they do. I think it's one of the best driver education programs out there. Uh, they're also there. So I think there was there was two schools there. I think <laughs> I know there were two schools there: Eltham College and Swinburne. I'm, I might get this wrong. I think it was Swinburne Secondary College, if that's a college. I know that that this school was a TAFE as well. Pretty sure it was Swinburne. And my point is, this year is starting to really get into action. The wheels are definitely, definitely starting to turn uh, this year. It's it's uh, it's actually making me making me really, really, really optimistic about the year that's ahead of us. I'm really happy about where things are at, and I'm really, really excited to. Share my wisdom with a lot more people. Anyway, today I'm sharing my wisdom with you good-looking people. Uh, today I am reading a chapter. It's a pretty small chapter. It's actually the smallest chapter in the book. Two and a half pages long. Two and a half pages? That's not even a chapter. That's an introduction to a, cha- a chapter. That's, that's, that, that's an introduction to an introduction to a chapter. It's not a chapter. Anyway, um, doesn't really give me much time though to to, uh, to chuck in any stories and make it make it enjoyable. Uh, I've got some good stories coming up in the next few weeks. I know in the next few chapters, there's one chapter that takes out a lot of uh, a lot of my trip. Uh, there's a lot that gets that gets cut out, uh, and I've got I've got a lot of stories to tell, and that. Uh, that cha- that 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 um, that episode will actually might actually be quite long. We'll have to see when we get to it. Anyway, all right, let's get into it. First off, I just want to show my gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. You see, time is the most precious resource that we can never get back. So I really appreciate you spending the most valuable asset listening to me share my story and share my thoughts. So thank you very much. Okay, we are up to chapter number 18 and this chapter is called Arriving in Athens. And this is the quote that goes with this chapter. Being happy never goes out of style by Lily Pulitzer. My flight out of Amsterdam went off without a hitch. Amsterdam was the most beautiful European country I had visited at at that point, and this was partly because of the weather. Greece was the next stop, 
and I touched down around midnight. I had made it. I was so excited to be at my next checkpoint. My auntie, who was born in Greece and had moved to Australia at a young age, had family in Athens. I had connected with her relation, Callie, on Facebook, so my next checkpoint was to meet up with Callie and stay with her family for a night or two until I left for the islands. I had organised to meet her at the airport that night. I landed and, eager to meet her, made contact to tell her I had arrived. You told me that you were flying in tomorrow, Scott. I can't come and get you tonight. I'm sorry. You'll have to stay in the city and we'll meet tomorrow. Sorry again. Just going out of the book quickly. Uh, I had previously met Callie. Callie had been to Australia, has been to Australia um, a number of times, so I'd met her in the past. But what I meant was I that was the first time I'd met up with her over there, uh, over in Europe, in Greece, if that makes sense. Okay, back to the book. This was a prime example of my top quality A1 on-point organisation skills. I had told her the wrong date. And now, I was going to pay the price. By this stage, it was after midnight and I didn't have a clue where I was going to stay. With cognitive dysfunction, I couldn't think straight. I was finding it hard to think of my next move because I had been thrown off course. To recover from the overwhelming sensation that I couldn't push through, I sat down for a few minutes to piece my head back together. We are now on page 140. Taking a break like this often gives my brain a chance to think about something other than the problem at hand. Then, when I go back to the problem, I can tackle it from a different angle. That seemed like the right process for the situation. So I decided to watch an episode of How I Met Your Mother on my computer. After that, I was ready to think about what I was going to do. By this stage, it was about 1.30am and I decided... I should, I should ask for some help. At the information desk, the lady told me to catch the train to Athens and make my way to the hostel she'd found for me in the city. She gave me a map and a smile, which I responded to with much gratitude, and I was on my way. I made a quick scurry towards the ticket booth, um, only to be thrown another curveball by the Greek pitcher. There are no more trains running tonight. The last one never came, and there are no more. Fortunately, my head was in a clear state at this point, and I was able to keep calm. I quickly thought that there must be another way to the city, so I asked the question. That's easy, the woman at the ticket at the ticket booth told me. Just go up the stairs, out the front, across the road, and take the express bus X95 to the city. Yep, easy, I thought. I'd heard that before, and I quickly came to the conclusion that it was going to be harder than she anticipated. She obviously didn't know that I had a brain injury, and definitely didn't know that I'd probably get lost between the booth and the stairs. Well, I remembered her instructions and did what she said. I went up the stairs, out the front, across the road, and what do you know? It was that simple. I was winning. I found the right bus, but as I got on, the driver got off, telling me to take a seat and to pay him when he got back. Five minutes later, the driver boarded the bus, started the engine and took off, texting on his phone as he went. 
This was all done with a sour look on his face. Not at any point did I take my eyes off him, as I was waiting for him to turn and ask me for the fare. The next thing I knew, I got a tap on the shoulder from the ticket inspector. I waved the $5 note in his face and said, I'm ready to pay when the driver stops texting and actually does his does his job. Okay, that was more what I thought, not what I said. I just let him know that I didn't have a ticket yet. We are now on page 141. Wow, that was the beginning of the end for me on that bus. Not good enough. I'm fining you $300 and cash is fine. I bet cash was fine. After, pe- after I pleaded my case, the bus driver turned around and shouted, You're a liar! and waved his index finger at me. The next thing I knew, the bus pulled up and the inspector told me to get off. Now, this really was a, dis- a cognitive dysfunction nightmare. I was on the side of the road at 2am in the middle of nowhere in a country I knew not much about, without a phone that was working there, no internet and really no clue as to what I was going to do. Hmm, should I sleep here? I had a sleeping bag hanging off my pack, so that was an option. Should I hitchhike? I had done that before in Canada. Should I cry? Ah, that wasn't going to solve anything, so I walked over to what looked like a bus stop and sat down. As stupid as this sounds, I looked around at the pitch back surroundings, pinched myself, and couldn't wipe the grin off my face. This was the adventure I'd been dreaming about for years. Every exercise I had done in occupational therapy and speech pathology had been preparing me for this moment. Every conversation I had with my neuropsychologist had been preparing me for this moment. A rush of happiness lit up my face. This was invigorating. This was exciting. This was travelling. Another bus pulled up 20 minutes later. The story didn't end there though because when I actually arrived in town I was still nowhere near the hostel. With a map in my hand I used my trump card. I asked questions. The response yet again was it's simple. Go straight up there, turn there, go there, down there and up there and Bob's your uncle. Or something like that, minus the Aussie slang. I'll cut a long story short and say that I made it. Who cares how I got to my how I got to that checkpoint? All that mattered was I made it. Once I was shown to my room, I finally took my bags off my back and literally felt the weight being lifted off my shoulders. Before I went to sleep, I decided to pinch myself one more time, just in case it was a dream and in fact. I was still back in Australia in rehab. Believe it or not, I still didn't wake up. Good night and let the games begin. And that is the end of that chapter. And I'm just going to quickly read the the first uh, paragraph of the next chapter before we hit the road. Uh, This is unedited, by the way. After the previous night's debacle, I woke up feeling energised and ready to go. On to my next checkpoint. I finally met up with Callie and her sister, Mary, downtown. Uh, I can't explain the feeling I had of seeing friendly faces. It wasn't on, I wasn't on my own having to be 100% mindful 
of what I was doing 110% of the time, which at this point was a relief. Well, my reading is still requiring a little bit of work, but I can feel it getting better and better each time. Uh, I try to read as uh, I try to read out as loud uh, out loud as much as I can just to practice. Yeah, it does get does get annoying annoying for for some people, uh, but I don't think I'm at the tally prompter standard just yet. Uh, that was an episode one reference. If you don't get that teleprompter remark, go go back and have a listen again so that you can remember. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to stitch this bad boy up and say goodbye for this week. Uh, you take care of yourself. Uh, you be yourself. Just be yourself. Do yourself. Be kind to the world. Be kind to yourself, more importantly. Jump on the karma train. The karma train that we are all on. Well, everyone that's on the karma train is already on it. Um, So get on board and come along for the ride. If you pay it forward, I guarantee that it will come back in spades. Hmm, Something more to say, as they say in French, au revoir. Uh, Take it easy, uh, champ. Take it easy, tiger. Okay, that's it. I'm out. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Crushing Into Potential podcast. I really appreciate your support. You guys are the reason that I do this. So if you haven't already, hit me up at The Injured Brain, wherever you get your social media fix. And please don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast to help me spread my message far and wide. See you in the next episode.